Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment has arrived. The results and no hype podcast, hosted by the one and only Patient Shit and syndicated on the RAI Radio Network, which hosts over 85,000 listeners and 11 licensed digital stations worldwide. RAI Radio, the new voice of millennial music. So today we are honored to have RAI Radio's On the Verge indie power player, Jay Craig. Today he speaks his truth regarding his journey, struggle, career expectations, fears, and more. It's all positive on the Results and No Hype podcast. And feel free to text your questions and comments to 646-716-9198. So welcome to the show, Jay Craig. I am so excited to have you on today. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. I'm glad to be on the show today. Well, let's not waste any time. I want to chop it right up, jump right into it. So let's tell myself and the listeners, how did 2015 treat your music career, and how is 2016 kind of started out for you thus far? Uh, It's been all good. As a matter of fact, it's been like a steady incline for me between uh, 2015 and 2016. Uh, I put out my first album, and last year, you know, I had a lot of uh, re- a lot of good response from it, and uh, <clears throat> been working on my second album this year, and uh, released the first song from it, and uh, so far so good. Everybody's loving it. So, you know, I mean, it's it's I can I can only think of uh, good things that uh, have already transpired and other good things to come. And it seems you're having a very good start to this year. I do know that you have over 20,000 spins that you have going in different radio stations already this year. Um, I do know, I'm not sure if you got a chance to check your Spotify, but your Spotify results had come in. You have, you know, over 2,400 spins on your Spotify right now on your new song with us that you have. Um, for eternity, so that's awesome. I wasn't sure if you got a chance to check that out, but that'll be an update you'll get a little later. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I really uh, statistics. You know, I'm I, I'm glad to know about them, but uh, that's something that my assistant kind of stays on top of. She's not available right now, but uh, you know, we're we're, we're definitely uh, excited about the information. Absolutely. Your team, I'm sure, is definitely putting in hard work for you and out there every day. So I want to take it back a little bit, rewind, discuss kind of how your childhood affected and influenced your career now. So growing up, what were some of your early on influences that shaped your love for music and did your parents contribute? Yeah, I'll start with my parents. Uh, My father is a bishop. And um, he's also a great singer. And uh, coming up, um, he sh- he was my very first instructor as far as any music or uh, any uh, technical training that I received. Uh, probably would be I considered my only uh, trainer that I've ever had. But uh, he's excellent. Um, and he was very influential. His family is also very, uh, very deeply involved in 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 the church as well as as well as uh, being very talented. So uh, from my father's side of the family, I can just about say that they uh, they've contributed uh, enormously in my uh, musical. Uh, education, so to speak, and uh, they helped to develop me uh, early on, and and pretty pretty, I would say, pretty much instrumental in me being who I am today. Now, was music something? I know you had attended um, the University of Tennessee, and you did four years for pre med there. So was music something that you kind of put on the side 
were you planning on, you know, moving forward with that? How did you kind of transition over and decide that music was really where you wanted to continue? Okay, yeah. Um, my my collegiate background was uh, a whole nother story. Uh, I chose to go into medicine because um, I was introduced to it when I was living on the West Coast. Um, I was a technician in a hospital for a while. I loved the environment. I loved to learn. Um, and I loved to help people. So it was right along the lines of of what, I guess, and who I am personally. So uh, it was an easy uh, choice for me to make that choice, but at the same time it definitely uh, required a sacrifice, a uh, sacrifice of time and and the choice of, of either doing uh, a song or studying for an exam. So uh, that was something that required... Uh, a choice I, I did make the choice uh, I did make the commitment I was a very good student and uh, But I did not Matriculate with Some of uh, my colleagues That went into medicine And um, You know that was another choice That I made But the, the, the love for music never Has never ceased uh, And uh, I'm I'm, I'm comfortable with knowledge that I'll be in music uh, uh, in some form or fashion for the rest of my life. Now, with that being said, which were some of the first artists to influence your musical mindset in the early stages of your life, or what was the first tape that you ever purchased? Well, I remember when I was a kid and I heard... Uh, for the first time, uh, it made me feel like I was performing myself uh, when I used to sing along with it. I, as a matter of fact, I used to uh, put on little shows for friends and family, uh, you know, when I was very young. So... Um, Stevie Wonder was probably the first artist that really got my attention, and then uh, some of the Motown greats that followed him. Uh, you know, they they all contributed to uh, my love for the business and for the the, uh, the, the making the producing of the music. Um, so. I would say Stevie, Marvin, Smokey, and um, and I like the Beatles when they came out. Uh, they had a, a, a different a different style, a different flavor, and uh, I liked I liked what they did. I, I did. I loved it. Uh, Rolling Stones, uh, and. Uh, those were some of the early influences that I can think of right now, but I'm sure that there's <laughs> others that uh, would not come to mind. Absolutely. But those are the ones that stand out the most. Absolutely. And you can feel that in your music. You have a very unique sound to your music. Your R&B, you've got a little bit of that pop. So you're kind of in your own lane. It gives you that versatility, that edge. And all of your influences, you can definitely see how that played a role in the different music that you make. So I absolutely love, like, Stevie Wonder was one of my favorites, too. Same thing with Marvin Gaye, Smokey Robinson, you know, Al Green. So that, you know, having that as, like, what inspired you, I think that's a great, fabulous foundation to go by. Now, what were some of your biggest early on challenges that you've faced so far in your career? Well, um, coming up in the very strict religious background was tough because I did not have, uh, it wasn't convenient for me to uh, 
to listen to certain types of music in the in the home because uh it was restrictions placed on what we what we uh listened to and what we partake in uh uh totally so we had to kind of sneak around as you know like kids we all sneak around it's this day they still have to sneak around because parents are restrictive so that's uh, that's a fact <laughs> i remember I, I remember <laughs> yeah yeah we we've all gone through that so uh but that was one of the things that i would uh uh would go and and I guess that was a refuge for me to to a certain extent to uh, go somewhere where I could listen to what I wanted to and enjoy the different flavors of music is, uh, along with uh, the the music that I was being uh, <laughs> that I was being uh, entertained by mostly, which was uh, religious type music and gospel music when I was very very young. So, and they support you now that you kind of do a mixture. So a little bit now it's changed, and you're, you know, they support you in pursuing your career in music and the different types of genres. Uh, say that again, please. I'm sorry. <laughs> and they they support you now in in your all of your music endeavors and the different type of genres, and it doesn't have to necessarily be religious. They support you with all of your music now. Yes, yes. Uh, if, if you're speaking about my family, yes, my family definitely supports me uh, uh, l- largely, um, and you know that's that's more than I can ask. Uh, even though uh, my my mother, who has passed, uh, she, she I, I would like to think that she's involved. Um, from a remote standpoint, and uh, that she looks down and enjoys, you know, some of the work that I'm doing, and um, she's also one of my main supporters that uh, that I receive uh, from a spiritual sense right now. Which is great, and having that support really makes it helpful because, as you know, this industry definitely has its trials and tribulations when you're trying to make a career and take the successful steps some people, you know, don't necessarily understand. So, you know, as long as they support you while you're making the decisions and making your moves and, you know, building your brand, making a name for yourself, all they need is the support. They don't, you know, necessarily have to, you know, love it, agree with it, but having the support definitely makes a difference. So you're very blessed to have that behind you. Um, I definitely oh, yeah. want to go into your music a little bit more. I want to talk about when you go to the studio and your writing. So when you go into the studio and you go into the booth and you begin to create your music and your art, kind of explain your feeling, the energy that you get at that moment when you're going to record. Well, when the song is already meaning the uh the musical complement has already been prepared uh the way that i the way that I create a song varies uh a lot of the times and most of the time I start with a melody musical melody and then uh accompany find a a a complementary beat or rhythm that Hopefully, uh, gives a different or gives a, a uh, another edge to the track. Once the track has been done, then um, I I think of uh, most of the time I think of of experience, and uh, experience usually helps me to decide which direction I want to go in musically. And uh, by the time I record it, I've rehearsed it so many times in my mind and in my heart 
that is pretty much uh, it's just it, it you know it just comes together uh, uh, like a magically, uh, and that's that's great when it happens, uh, and that's what I uh, that's what I attempt to do every time. But uh, sometimes that's different, and uh, I kind of go with the flow of however the inspiration comes, just like this song, Eternity. uh, It came as a musical message, really. Uh, I was in L.A., and um, I heard a melody, and I heard an actual verbal compliment that was going with that melody, and I, I recorded it into my phone. And uh, when I got back to my studio, uh, I started to break it down and uh, develop the track and then uh, finish the uh, the lyrical compliment. So, so in you other words, do a different process. Like you do a little bit of everything. You know, you'll feel the song, wait to see what comes. You do you do a lot of writing too so that you have different ideas and things that you want to talk about or sing about and messages you want to relay? Well, with me, see, I'm, I do, I'm, I'm a one, a one shop, a one-stop shop guy. I do the track, I do the composition, and I record it. So, uh, all of the music that you've heard thus far, I have uh, composed, I've written, composed, and performed uh, the, the entire thing. So uh, it's a process when I create, because I create from inception, from the beginning to the end. And, uh, you know, I'm probably one of a few artists that are, that's probably doing that. I'm not, I know it's, there's quite a few artists that are doing that right now. But um, it's a different process. It's it's something that um, that I've been doing for a while. I enjoy it, especially when it comes out uh, uh, as good or better than I in- intended or that I uh, uh, thought my thought was initially. And uh, you know, it's it's a process. It's something that's it's hard to explain. It's uh, but it's a a graduation that you go through. That uh, you know you 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 finish. You complete one segment, or one aspect of the the project before you go to the next one. So uh, sometimes that's different, though. That's it. It doesn't happen the same all the time. Is what I'm saying. Sometimes it's the lyrical. The lyrical compliment uh, precedes the, the the musical compliment. That's awesome. I really like how you just explained that. So it's not everybody does it differently, and everybody has their own blueprint. And I like that that's how you kind of have it set up, where you kind of start from everything, you take one thing, add on to it, grow, and see where it takes you. So the fact that you're building everything from the start, that makes it even more special. And the reward is better because it's something you did all on your own. I want to I want to talk a little bit more about um, the song that you have um, on uh, RAI Radio right now. Shout out to the number one source for music, branding, and digital advertising. And uh, so for Eternity, what was the meaning of the record when you released it that you were hoping other people, so for people that are listening right now that haven't gotten a chance to listen to your song for Eternity? What's the meaning of that record, and why is it so special to you? Okay. Uh, For Eternity, like I said, I received it as a musical message, and uh, it was totally sublime. It was something that I was in terms of. matter of fact, most of my songs are uh, a sexual connotation, so to speak. Uh, okay. And my my fans know that they know that my songs are you know sexually inclined, so to speak. 
but for eternity was a cry for to me it is a cry for for awareness and uh with with the recent events uh the the cops killing the african american men that have been killed um uh that have that have brought i guess that have really made every every citizen and even people abroad more aware of the uh the communication issues that we that we are still dealing with in in our country and and i was in countries outside of the united states um I think it's a cry the song cry for awareness just to uh remind us of of the basic the basic uh structure which is uh the basic unit family uh father mother sister brother um uh, and the love that <clears throat> transpires or that is supposed to be exchanged uh between just a basic unit which will hopefully uh spread that 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 is hopefully spread around to everyone around that that basic unit uh i uh, as i'm saying the i think that the the song is just uh an outcry for 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 people to to remember the basic unit and get back to the basics which is uh the family and then friends then the public because if i treat my family a certain way then 9 times out of 10 i learn how to treat my friends and then in turn i learn how to treat everybody else in the world and i think that we've gotten away from that and i think that uh this song points back at the fact that that's where it starts that's the basics. That's actually like one of my slogans. So I love that you just said that because people do. I feel like they've forgotten. Let's bring it back to basics. You know, the world is a little crazy right now. We do have so much going on. I have so much faith though with, you know, love, peace and everybody coming together that, you know, hopefully soon we'll be able to do that a little bit better as a human race and in our different communities. But it definitely does play a big role at home and people, you know, they definitely have gotten sidetracked and that respect isn't there. You know, people forget, like, you want to treat people the same way you're expected to be treated. So I like that, you know, the message behind your music that you're trying to put out there is that love, the peace, the togetherness, and working together. So hopefully, you know, I have high hopes and faith that we will all start to come together and in light of all of the terrible things that are going on, you know, people will be able to, especially through music, a lot of musicians, you know, they are voicing, coming to the gates, they're making music, they're they're on the same mission, you know, that's why we all kind of, people go to music, that's their release, that's, you know, their support, and people do, that's an uplifting thing, you know, like, if you're down and you want to be lifted up, or if you're in a mood, or you need something love, or you're angry, you want to listen to heavy metal, you know, music is, where people really do all come together. Um Motown especially, if you go back and look at Motown, like look at how many different cultures they they brought together. Their music influences, what their movements were behind their entire brand and label. So, I think it's really cool that you have that same mindset with your music where you want to bring it back to basics. That's something that is so overlooked. But just look at the basics, start from the beginning and go from there and I'm so that's so cool that you said that it is it's like one of my logans <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit now let's talk about where you were born I know you were born you've been around a little bit you've hopped in different areas you were born in North Carolina grew up in New York is that right yes that's correct what part what part of New York did you grow up in I actually grew up in uh the capital city Albany. That's where oh, I wow. 
But I spent a lot of time in, in the city, in Brooklyn, uh, so to speak. Um, shout out to uh, BK. <laughs> excuse me? I said shout out to BK. Yes, yes, yes. Best, best die, matter of fact. Yes, absolutely. Um, did you spend some time in that area too? Oh, absolutely. One of our stations, and I'm, you're on one of our stations out in New York. We have lots of people that we... We work with in New York, lots of clients. You know, New York is the city. If you're close to the area and you can get there, there's just so many people that are, you know, in the entertainment industry and networking is like the most amazing thing in New York. You get there and everybody has that mindset. Everybody wants to connect. They're interested in what you're doing. They want to learn, grow, and build. So being in New York, you know, it gives you – that motivation. I feel like anywhere else you go, like New York, L.A., you hit those places and you just kind of light up. There's so much inspiration around you that it's hard not to. But Brooklyn, absolutely. Brooklyn, the Bronx, Queens, Manhattan, you name it. I absolutely love New York. That's one of my favorite places, definitely. And for the industry, you know, you can go there and there's just so much different music, and there's so many different people. You know, you get you get that experience, and you get the variety of all the different cultures that come together, and it's really something amazing. New York really is a special, special place. But then you left New York. Now you're, you, you lived in um, other places, too. Where else have you lived besides New York? Yeah, when I, when I left New York, I went straight to L.A., because of the entertainment, of course, just what you mentioned. Um, exactly. And when I got to L.A., I met a lot of people in the industry, um, and I met a lot of people that had nothing to do with the industry. So, you know, uh, being a young guy, like 18, 19 years old, you know, I was trying to find my way in a city that was, you know, already, I mean, I came from a very well-established city to another very well-established city, but I had no contacts when I went to L.A. So, but I met a lot of people, and the experience was unforgettable. As a matter of fact, I've, uh, speaking of both places, that's where I vac- that's where I went for vacations this summer. Uh, I was in L.A. for a couple of weeks, and then I was just in New York uh, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I look forward to going back all the time, and every time I get back to both places, I feel like I'm at home. But wow, yes. At the same time, you'll have to give me a heads up. You'll definitely have to give me a heads up when you come to these areas, so that I can make sure to swing through. <laughs> Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. If if you if uh, if I know you're going to be in the area, then we'll hook up, no doubt. I uh, would we'll look forward to that. But uh, speaking of New York and L.A., I don't know that I would live there again. Uh, I love it, but you know, at the taking, I guess a mature a mature mind. Mature J. Craig mine says probably not because I like space. I like a lot of space. And uh, here where I live now, here in Tennessee, uh, you can have all the space that you want for a lot less than what it would cost you in New York or in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a fact. That's a definite. I mean, I was just complaining earlier while I was paying my toll violations because, I mean, you live in New York. Not only do you have, you know, your expenses there, you know, shopping. You know, prices aren't too bad. People say, oh, it's expensive in New York. But, you know, if you know the good boutiques and you know where to go, you know the good spots in Harlem, you know, like, you really can, you know, get things for a good price. But it's the overhead and, like, your housing that's expensive, right. parking, right. tolls. Those tolls are a killer, man. I, I opened yeah. my Easy Pass today and was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so, speaking about yeah, Easy Pass, I got, a, <laughs> I got a ticket from New Jersey because I ran through one of the Easy Pass uh, uh, lanes oh. instead of 
But, but I, I didn't mean to. I, I got in the wrong lane, and but you know it's unforgiving. I mean it's too late. You know you got to go on through, and you know anyway. Yeah. It, it, but I got to oh, take it. I've done it a million. Yeah, I've done it a million times in New York. At least <laughs> in New York, when you go up to the the gates in New York, there's gates like where I live out here in New England. Where our easy passes are like kind of Jersey. You can just if you get in the wrong lane, you just drive through. There's no gates. If you're in New York and you're trying to go through Easy Pass and you don't have enough money on your thing, you know you get up to the thing, the gate doesn't go. You got a whole line of cars behind you who are right. now angry at you because of your right. Easy Pass. So that at least is a good thing with New York because at least if you don't have money, you know, as opposed to. You're just driving through other states, and you don't know your easy pass balance is loud, you know, and it's just, you, you know, you hit up a whole bunch of fees, yeah. I definitely have hit Jersey, Delaware, New York has definitely gotten me before. Watch some red light cameras in New York, too. They When they say there's, you know, Waze tells you, red light camera reported, that's, that's a sign. Right. It's really there. I definitely have gotten some of those, but, yeah, New York is expensive. It might, you know, I'm like that, too. It makes you appreciate. So I'm from Vermont. And I love to travel. I love going to the cities. Um, but by the time I get home, you know, after I've spent three days in Manhattan and people are running around, it's very chaotic. There's a lot going on. When I get back to Vermont, so quiet. It's so serene. I literally have all of the space in the world that you can imagine. So yes. having that quiet, serenity thing to come home to, it makes you appreciate it more when you're out traveling and, you know, you get the same thing when I go to L.A. or if I go to Orlando, Miami, Louisiana, you know, Houston, I have that huge appreciation for coming home and being back in New England where things are a little bit slower. I can recollect my thoughts and, you know, it it is. I definitely, being able to have a little bit of both, I think is a blessing. If I, you know, if I were younger and, you know, like, 18, 19, yeah, living in the city would be great. But when you get older and, like you said, that business mindset and that's what kind of kicks in, like what's best for you. And, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I like I like it all, but I definitely like coming home in the country. And, you know, our neighbors, it's different, you know. That's what makes me appreciate it more when I go to travel and I want to help. I see what goes on in other communities. We come home. My neighbors all talk to each other. We all know each other. We watch each other's houses. You know, all the kids play on the street. If there's a bullying incident or something, that's what these parents are at the next house, and it's being addressed. So, you know, again, it, it, it's, it's wonderful to kind of have a little bit of all the different worlds and get to experience that. I wish people, you know, could travel and experience places like we get to in the industry. That's like a blessing that we have where we get to go to all of these amazing places because the music industry takes us to all of these, you know, different cool locations with the best music, the best food, and the best environment. So it's definitely a cool thing. Um, Now, now you, aside from, you know, all the different places you've lived, grown up, medical school, your music. Now, you also um, are a Desert Storm vet as well. I want to hear a little bit more about that. Yes, uh, I was in the Army for six years, uh, Army Reserves to be to be exact. And uh, the, 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 the whole thing, the whole reason why, I, I, when coming out of high school, I said I would never go to the military. But I decided to go back when I when I also decided that I wanted to go to school. It was kind of a decision that I made at the same time. And they went together because uh, being in the reserves, I would have time to go to class. And uh, I also got some of the benefits that they offered. But what I did not take into account was that they were going to have a war. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, I signed up. I went to boot camp, and you know, I was all raring to go. Started out my my first semester at U- University of Tennessee, and lo and behold, uh, we got we got activated. So uh, I had to drop all of that right in the middle of the semester and take off and head to uh, the uh, Southeast Asia. I was in uh, 
between Saudi Arabia and, and Iraq, I was there about six months. Uh, spent probably about three months in Iraq. Uh, we did not go all the way to Baghdad, but I did see the, uh, the oil fields, the fires. When they were on fire, we were really close to it. Uh, I went through Kuwait City and saw all of the ruins and the wreckages and and where the uh, Republican Guard pretty much uh, held the city under siege. Uh, we saw all of the ruins from, from, from that activity. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get back home in one piece. So, yes, uh, you are very, very fortunate for that. People don't realize, um, I'm going to commend you for this, my brother was actually killed in Fallujah in 2004. He was frontline <laughs> Marine, Semper Fi. Um, and he was killed in a, in a house invasion, um, you know, right on Thanksgiving Day, actually. So wow. it was, you know, it was one of those things. But his best friend, they entered into the force together, and they chose different routes. My brother wanted to be front lines, and his best friend, he actually, you know, built houses and was in that field. And he, you know, he picked something less you know, he didn't want to be in the middle of combat. So he chose to do something different, hoping that, you know, it would put him in less risky situations. But he actually, um, you know, them building houses, I can't remember where they were, um, but he actually has been discharged because they had bombs go off on where they were. And that was the whole reason he didn't want to be front lines. And he was doing the whole, you know, agriculture and house building and that part of the military so when he went over, that was, you know, it was traumatizing because, you know, they, they didn't sign up for combat, or they did, but didn't understand that, you know, you're still in immediate danger, even if you're not fighting on the front line. So, oh, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it's, you know, I feel bad because, you know, just like you said, like, you know, a lot of people go into the military or to the different forces because there are so many benefits that come along with it. And for, you know, the lucky ones who don't necessarily get to have to see combat and aren't affected, you know, they they come out differently than the people who do go and see combat or even just the leftovers. And, you know, you don't see that here. It's a completely different world. You know, we have our, we have our areas in the United States. We have our different, you know, places that aren't the best to drive through, but it's nothing like it is, you know, over there. So it's, that's a lot. So for you to have done that, you know, come through, seen all of that, that must also play a role as well. Now, are you still active duty or are you clear? What's your current, you know, situation with with that? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm I'm a uh, I'm a retired. Well, I I got out in '96, so I've been separated uh, from the military. Well, from the from active military for that long now. So, so are there <laughs> any, like, stipulations, like, right now, if we have, like, a war, or is there any way you can get called back in right now being retired? Yeah, there, there's a it, – it's a remote possibility, but, yeah, there's always a possibility. Uh, I'm in yeah. very good health pretty much, and uh, they will take a look at me if – if uh, if it got to that point, <laughs> but uh, right. you know, hopefully the younger guys could take care of it before they get. To <laughs> okay, I'm right there with you. We we're trying to keep you right here. We got things for you to do right now, so let's keep you home and you know have you help us with our backyards for right now. I think that's that's something that we need. We need a lot of backyard help, and you know, we need people to. Spread the love right now. So with your music and what you currently have going on, you're more needed right here, right now. So we'll all stand behind you and put up a fight and protest if they ever try to take you around. Now, I want to talk about some of your, like, accomplishments and stuff. Like, this month, I know I saw something pop up that you were Artist of the Month for One Network. That must have been cool to get that recognition. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I can't remember the uh, the network it is right now. I think it's maybe UCR, but uh, yeah, yeah, they've, 
they've had me up uh, as artist of the month, and uh, you know it's always outstanding to me if someone if if someone likes uh, my work. Uh, you know, it's I mean if someone says when when a person says well done, I'm happy. It feel, I feel like that I've done something that um, wasn't required. But that I went the extra, I went the extra mile to make it to make it special. So I I look forward to um, any any achievements that my work will uh, that it'll yield, um, you know. But at the same time, I don't live for that. But uh, it's always good to know that people appreciate what you're doing. Now, you had a, a song called We Are Friends, and that you had received an award for as well. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about your song, We Are Friends? Yeah, it was actually the album, uh, finally the J. Craig Project that I released, We Are Friends is a is a song that's on that album. And uh, there's a organization known as the Academia, and uh, I think they're based in L.A., but uh, I submitted my song to them. Well, I submitted the whole album to them. They gave me Best R&B Album for uh, the month of December last year, and they chose, as a winner, they chose, a song that they were going to push uh, for an entire year. And the song that they chose was We Are Friends. And We Are Friends had already been chosen by uh, a, a, a radio promoter that we had early on when we first started to promote. He told us that We Are Friends was our crossover song. And uh, they chose it, ironically, and uh have been pushing it and it's it's gotten over uh twenty thousand spins since uh January. So it's doing very well and it's been listened to in 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 every part of the world right now. So you know, that's that's outstanding. You know, I'm in I'm I'm in awe uh with that information but at the same time you know, I'm I'm not. Uh, that's not what I'm doing uh, the, the music for. That's not what Jay Craig is about. Jay Craig is about uh, trying to make a difference. So uh, that's that's who I am, and that's what I and in, 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 that's what I, I I hope to attain. If if any if there's any goal that that I have out there that I'm trying to reach, uh, it's making a difference. <laughs> I want to. I, wanna I absolutely to. love that. Huh? I said I absolutely love that. I love artists who want to make a change, that have positive things that they're trying. Even though, like again, like you had described your your music kind of as sexual and sultry earlier. But yes. I like how again you you still have that peace, love, and togetherness kind of put right behind it, and you're trying to bring people together. So I love the messages and what your whole movement is about. So it's just finding similar-minded people, and you know, you're anybody you come across, you're definitely going to impact their life and make a difference. So I, I hope you know I can't wait for what the future holds for the music that you have coming out and what we're going to get to see and hear from you because I definitely think right now is the time, you know, this is when we need all of that. So having you and your stuff is currently going the way that it is and your brand and what you kind of stand behind, you know, that's that's what everybody's looking for right now. They do want to stand behind that. They do feel the same way. So you're, you're creating that outlet for people in musically to, you know, have those feelings come together and support the movement and the brand as well. So it's kind of cool. I really, I really dig how you, you have your whole layout and I super, super commend you for everything that you have going on. You know, you're very, very different. I, I want you to give some advice. Now, 
independent artist, you know, doing this on your own and going through your budget, trying to find management, doing your shows. Like what, what's some advice you could give to artists who are just starting out and, you know, what steps would you tell them to take? Because this industry is definitely not easy to maneuver and navigate. So you're doing really well. It's been a long, you have a very long history and background. So what's some advice you can give some of our independent artists on their music careers? I, it, when when I think about advice, uh, usually I get I get kind of caught up <laughs> because, and the reason for that is because there's there's no one method or there's no one do do this and you're and you make it. Uh, exactly advice that you can give someone. But the main thing that, that comes to mind is commitment. Uh, I believe that a real musician is committed. Is committed to the craft because they want to be the best at what they do. And when you develop a love for something, anything, to that level, people will notice. People other than you will notice, and uh, that is the, the starting point to me. That's where you start with the commitment. Being committed uh, doesn't mean that you uh, don't have a job or that you're not responsible, that you don't do things that uh, normal people do or that other people do, <laughs> but it means that you're willing to go beyond so that may mean that after you get off work, uh, you spend three or four hours developing a song or practicing your instrument or singing melodies or whatever, singing karaoke. You know, there's a lot of different elements that that, that are involved in this music. And even if you Absolutely. have a business mind, if you want to be a music uh, executive, <laughs> Still, there's a commitment, and you need to understand what the music is. You know, I believe that there's probably a lot of executives in this business, and I shouldn't say that, but I don't know if they love the music or not, and I'll say that. But oh, yeah, no, definitely that. say it. Absolutely say it. <laughs> you know, again, to... some people are in it for the wrong reason, so it's... It is. You you can tell the difference, though, for the people who genuinely care about the music, about the business, your career, what you're doing. You can. If you're if you're very committed and, you know, again, you keep it to basics and common sense knowledge. And when you're working with people, you want to find the same kind of people that are on that same mindset as you so that, you know, you know that whatever brand and whatever you're building, those people are behind you. They understand. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. But the commitment is definitely, you know, and then it's the same thing, money. Okay, you have a big party coming up this weekend. Are you going to go buy bottles and hang out with your friends at the club and buy a new pair of Jordans? Or are you going to take that couple hundred dollars and invest in yourself to build your brand? So a lot of artists, I feel like, don't understand the business side. Knowledge is everything in this industry, and, and that goes for executives, our A&Rs, our DJs. It goes for everybody. So knowledge is the most powerful key that you can have in this industry in order to make the maneuvers and make smart business decisions. But I definitely feel like the business side, artists don't, like they, if they're not fully committed and they don't really understand the research, you know, I just want to be a singer, I do this as a hobby, you know, I'm just going to go get up on stage and perform. But a real serious artist, you know, you take initiative, you follow through, you practice, you're building your brand, and you're protecting it every single day. So that's yes. that's definitely the difference between between the two. So the, I think that's fabulous advice to give to our our artists, especially that don't really know what they're doing or it is. You just have to stay committed. Like this is, I'm going to put this much effort and focus into my music every single day. And sometimes, you know, a lot of artists, you reach out to executives, you reach out to record labels and 
sometimes it takes six months for them to respond to you. So you always just have to keep that space, keep pushing forward and perfecting. Same thing with, like you said, karaoke. Even, you know, even if you don't have a paid show right now, okay, well, go, go, go to the bar if you're going to, but go to karaoke. Go to open mic. Work on your skills. Work on practicing because if the opportunity comes along and, you know, CeeLo Green shows up at your show and he says, okay, I love your music. I want you to go on tour with me right now. That, you know, CeeLo Green is going to look at you and he's going to say, can you do, you know, eight shows back to back and do full 45-minute sets? And artists that, you know, if they don't practice like that or they've never done anything, you know, other than a few opening or, you know, 10-minute sets, doing a full 45-minute set and performing, dancing, having the endurance, it's a lot different than if you're just going to go do a quick set, couple of songs. You know, you really have to be prepared for something like that. Yes, absolutely. And and everything that you said was just an addition to to uh, what 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 my idea was. And to add to that, commitment, when I say commitment, commitment doesn't mean just uh, your own, uh, uh, your work, but it also means your investment, too. You have to invest in your, in what you believe in. Before, you can expect anybody else to invest in it, then you, you better be prepared to make your own investment initially. Exactly. To uh, get your to get to get to prepare a a a uh, a a bona fide product a product that will stand up uh to industry standards uh because nowadays the day of of cassette tapes and we know all of that's gone so uh people are, are wanting to hear a a top rate digital production it's right. a finished material, so they want it to sound as good as what they're listening to already, and uh, so that that means that that commitment goes all the way full circle. And I had to have this son with my, I had to have this com, uh, this conversation with my young son, who is a young uh, producer, and he'll be coming up and coming. He'll be doing this whole thing himself here pretty soon, but uh, he's learning to make the commitment. You know, I helped him out oh, think, at the beginning. Yeah. Now, he is a he's, fabulous role model, that's for sure. He is a very fabulous role model. Yeah, well, he was fortunate. He came up with uh, this stuff in his home. So, uh, and I didn't uh, I didn't coddle him like a, like a baby uh, when it came down to the craft. I let him know that, okay, that's baby music, but, you know, when he grows up, then I'll be interested, and then other people will be interested. And uh, right. then when the transition happened, I, I recognized it and I let him know, okay, you're you're doing adult stuff now, you know. So, um, you know, I try to I try to be a good mentor for anyone that will ask for my help. But uh, you know, a lot of young guys they 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 think they know it all. So, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of them are afraid to ask for help. They don't, you know. My phone rings all day. I'm notorious for people people call me all day, and I'm notorious for I'm like an independent artist, you know, activist. You know, I want to make sure that because you know there are a lot of stuff that goes on and promotions and people promise you the world and. You know, it is. It's your hard-earned money, your time, your effort, and it's not easy. So it, it is just like owning a business, and, you know, you have to have that same mindset and, you know, have, have guidance. But people, I feel like, are afraid sometimes to pick up the phone and call and ask. You know, I make that known to all of my clients. If you ever have a question or, you know, you, you have an opportunity and it doesn't feel right to you, don't don't be afraid to pick up the phone. Call somebody, you know, like I'm even like that sometimes. You know, I won't want to reach out to my people that are in the industry or have connections because I don't want to bother them or, you know, feel feel like I'm trying to get advice or use them for something. But 
you know, right. people forget that you can you can pick up the phone, you can call and ask, and people are going to be supportive and they are going to help you. So, but it's that it's kind of like that grade school thing where you're afraid to raise your hand and you're afraid to ask. So, yeah. once you know, people feel a little bit more confident. You know, I have no problems, and people they do they literally call me all day just to say, hey, patients, like, does this sound like a good idea or? Is this, you know, have you worked with this company before? Have you worked with this artist? You know, I love, I love that people will pick up the phone and call me to feel better about something or that they have somebody that they can call to have a consultation with. I take pride in that. So I want to talk, I want to talk on where, where can people stream your music, purchase your tracks, um, what what do you have for your platforms right now? Let's let people know where they can stream and purchase your music. Okay. Um, I don't know all of them, but I know the main ones, and that's iTunes. Uh, you can purchase all of J. Craig music on iTunes. Uh, you can stream it on Spotify. All of the music is on Spotify. And uh, I think those are the main two that I'm aware of, and there's a there's a ton that I probably don't even know how to pronounce some of them. But uh, <laughs> no. what most about of your the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Right, right, right. I mean, they, there's a bunch of them out there, and I look at them and I say, wow, there's <laughs> there's a lot of competitors out there, but. You know, most of the, the, the outlets that have streaming, uh, I have, my, my music is there. Uh, I have a distributor known as Shugo, and uh, they have uh, made my music available at most all of the uh, outlets, the streaming outlets, the music stores that are both uh local and international, so, uh, you know, they, you can find J. Craig Music most anywhere. Now, let them know, our listeners know, what your Instagram and Twitter and Facebook profiles are so they can find you and spell them out. Okay. Uh, if you go to Facebook, I, I am J. Craig at Facebook.com. That is my uh, that 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 will get you to my page. I am jcraig. dot com or at facebook. dot com. I'm sorry. Now my website is i am jcraig. dot com. Now you can go to my website and pretty much link up with you see all my videos. You can get to Spotify. Um, I don't. I, I can't remember. There may, may be a link for iTunes, but uh, yes, I have all of your links posted up right on this podcast. So your SoundCloud, your website, your Twitter, your Facebook, your Instagram, Spotify, everything is up and posted. So we'll definitely make sure the listeners can find you on all of your platforms. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Um. How. How has your now you've been with with us for a little bit? How is that going thus far? How is that going for us thus far? Are you having well, a great this, experience with us? <laughs> all the time, all the time. Uh, you know, Jonathan is a, you know, uh, he's a. I, I would like to think that me and him are are friends. Uh, I think that uh, the service is outstanding. Uh, I had another song that that he promoted. Some time ago, and had a lot of, I had a great response from it, and uh, I'm just, I, I'm, and I know that he has graduated, so to speak, since then. His company and his his brand and the things that he offers have uh, have grown since then. So uh, I just believe that this experience will be bigger and even better than the last. Well, we definitely expect bigger and better things to come from you, and we want you to stay focused on your journey. I'm absolutely excited to continue to get to work with you. Huge shout-out to Jonathan, RAI Radio, Renegade Revol, our entire team, um, Queen Chang as well. They're awesome and amazing. Now, we are unfortunately coming to the end of our interview. I want to thank you so much 
for joining us today. This is this is the official boss of Talk Radio Host Power 102.8 LA. And my name is Patience J. Make sure you follow us. Okay, we're off air. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, good. All right, we're off air now. Okay, as long as I got, like, our follow-us and got our ending, we're good. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I wanted to make sure. Awesome. 